So if you've got right. a supply chain that has been existing with existing suppliers for a period of time, you're not offering opportunities, you're not introducing innovation. Some people view that as a risk mitigation type exercise to keep the status quo. Let's not challenge it. But to me, it's almost like in your personal life, that can actually be the opposite. That That's more risky to right. not actually have some type of processes that encourages change. Welcome to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground, where we talk about supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity with everyone from academics, historians, and business leaders. With your hosts, Chloe Guidry-Reed and Adam Moore, you'll hear inspiring stories and practical tips for overcoming challenges and gaining insight into supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity. Let's dive in. This episode is brought to you by Higher Ground. Higher Ground is a technology company whose mission is to bridge the wealth gap through access to procurement opportunities. Higher Ground is making the enterprise ecosystem more viable, profitable, and competitive by clearing the path for minority-led, women-led, LGBT-led, and veteran-led small businesses to contribute to the global economy as suppliers to enterprise organizations. For more information on getting started, please visit us at higherground.io. That's H-I-R-E-G-R-O-U-N-D.io. Now on to the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. I'm Adam Moore here with Chloe Goodyear-Reed. And in today's episode, we're joined by David Vaughn, Director of Supplier Diversity and Inclusion and Assurance. David is a versatile leader with extensive experience in advisory, assurance, and supply chain roles. His various responsibilities have included the design, execution, and management of both financial and operational processes, as well as staff management and development. Welcome to the show, David. It's so good to have you here with us this morning. Oh, my pleasure. Absolutely my pleasure. Yes. Thank you so much, David. Let's start off with, you know, telling us a little bit about Assurant, because, I, you know, we're making the assumption that all of our guests know what Assurant is. Tell us a little bit about right. Assurant. They kind of got a unique role out there. Yes, so, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Assurant is, is it has historically been really a business to business type firm that plays in the risk mitigation space. So anything that you can think of risk mitigation related, insurance related, maybe outside of health insurance. I think they exited that years before I've uh, uh, arrived at the company. But um, so they're going to support your warranties. If you've got a cell phone and you've got a major carrier like a T-Mobile or someone and uh, there's insurance related to that device, then it's going to be uh, assurant that is um, basically supporting that major carrier for people like you and I. And so that, that, that true coverage is gonna be there. If you've got appliances, then the warranty might come from Assurance. We play in multiple spaces there. Um, we might do some gap work with insurance carriers where we will have some products where we'll be supporting them we might reach out to some of their um, policyholders on their behalf. So it's a lot of risk mitigation, business to business support in the background um, when you think of assurance, right? The Fortune 500 company, it's uh, publicly traded, um, a pretty solid company. I've been around, what, around four years now. 
and really happy with it. I'm based here in Atlanta, Georgia, and it's uh, technically headquartered in New York, by the way, Assurance. Um, uh, it's usually been a small C-suite of folks there, small office there, and then we've got major offices, uh, mainly in Atlanta and Miami when you talk about the administrative uh, offices. But that's Assurance in a nutshell. And nice. so, so what does supplier diversity mean to a company like Assurant? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, supplier diversity can take on different forms depending on the industry. And so just out of curiosity, what does that mean for a company that is in the background and is mostly focused on protecting small assets? So what, what it means is um, it, it's part of the overall diversity and inclusion strategy for the company, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So it's the supplier piece. And I know that's the case with a lot of companies, uh, but we've got an overall diversity and inclusion strategy that says you're going to take those principles and core values. You're going to apply that to your employee base. You're going to get out there in the community. Um, you're going to reflect that. Um, in terms of how you're hiring, how you're promoting, you're going to be conscious of those things. Your board, uh, uh, board of directors, your management uh, committee, the, the leaders that kind of run the company. And so the supplier piece is basically an extension of that, just applied to your uh, supplier base. Mm-hmm. And what it means is that you're going to show in that way the values that you claim to, to have. You're also going to meet the bar when it comes to your clients. We have a number of clients in the banking industry, for example, that absolutely uh, must have uh, your support when it comes to supplier diversity. You have to have a supplier diversity program. So it's about meeting the bar there, Uh, innovation and all that. So what it's really about at Assurant is making sure that a lot of our indirect spend is diverse mm-hmm. uh, and where we can, our direct spend, if we're using subcontractors, um, et cetera, we're going to make sure that that's diverse. We're going to make sure our leaders have targets, et cetera. So that's kind of what it generally means for us. Hopefully that nice. answers that for you. Yeah, totally did. And you know, the other thing is that we we always like to bring out, and I think this would be, I think you have a great story is, you know, how did, you know, you started out in supply chain management. It's kind yeah. of like was my background before I went into supplier diversity. So how did you go from supply chain management into your current career as DNI director, supplier diversity, their assurance? Kind of walk us through that career path. I always think that's a fascinating story. Absolutely. So I actually, uh, we got to go back a little further than the supply chain experience. Okay. Yeah, I started okay. my career. The first half was I was a financial auditor, right? Oh, so I worked right. for um, one of the big, I guess, I guess we're down to the big four. Are we down to the big four? That's now? what they usually say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, I worked for uh, one of the major firms and I was doing auditing. So I was a finance accounting guy doing financial mm-hmm. auditing. So in that space, you get some transferable skills, right? Mm -hmm. You basically are delivering tough messages to leaders, right? We've got audit findings. We got to share that. Those are tough messages. You're you're influencing. You're doing a lot of analytics. Uh, You have some professional skepticism that you're operating with. Uh, So everything you review, you're trying to make sure you understand that, make sure that you um, can poke holes in that, that you can see if it's solid. You're building out operational processes uh, right. for leaders. You're doing all of that. And so I had a mentor 
who was running a supply chain organization who thought that I had transferable skills that could assist her in um, supporting the supply chain function that she was running. Okay. So she said, hey, David, you know, you've been doing audit for a while now. I know you're enjoying that because I was traveling, doing a lot of things, learning the right. inner workings, using that. She said, come on over. Why don't you consider here? I'll pay you a little bit more. And you're going <laughs> to learn good. a brand new uh, area here and you can apply your skills. So I came over basically supporting a supply chain organization. So what I was doing was some of the analytic work. I got into vendor management. I was using some of my audit background to review uh, compliance to contracts. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a lot of things supporting supply chain and sourcing professionals. Got you. In that space, I got introduced to supplier diversity as well as negotiating some contracts of my own. So it was a natural transition. I started uh, from supporting to actually um, negotiating deals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. so I started negotiating deals. Um, you know, managing vendors formally, setting up mm-hmm. quarterly business reviews, all of those transferable skills were used. And then it was like, oh, well, you're an African-American male. This may be of interest to you while you're doing that. Why don't you look at supplier diversity? Well, what's that? Well, that's yeah. giving opportunities to people that look like you and women and veterans, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, that sounds Really interesting. So now I right. can add some social responsibility. That will give me a little bit of passion mm-hmm. uh, beyond just that. the business aspect. And so mm-hmm. that's how I was introduced to supplier diversity. I started to attend the conferences, started to learn the best practices. And over a few years, um, I became somewhat of a subject matter expert in that space for that company. And, uh, and I've kind of grown that experience. And here I am. I brought that over to Assurance. Mm-hmm. And I was doing uh, vendor management and sourcing work for Assurance. And I say, you know, we don't have a supplier diversity program. In my last right. job, I was introduced to this space, spent a number of years uh, doing that. Why don't mm-hmm. I do that out the side of my desk? So mm-hmm. I started the program at Assurance. Oh, the side of my desk. fascinating. Yeah. So, so, so people, uh, you know, that got me a lot of kudos, right? Because around that same time, let's call it three or so years ago, people Mm -hmm. also started asking Assurant more questions. So for years, Assurant had been answering no to surveys. They were not giving, Mm -hmm. you know, favorable answers to these clients, these banks, et cetera, Mm -hmm. about the supplier Mm -hmm. diversity efforts. Mm -hmm. And they kind of toyed around with it. So here I come with Dex and here's the why (laughs) and hey, this case and uh, this and that, and that turned into, oh, okay, well, you know what you're doing, run with that. Oh, mm-hmm. we're answering these questions now. You got a program and you're saying the right things, doing the right things. Hey, you want to do this full time? This is this is a real focus coming from the top now. Why don't mm-hmm. you focus on that real time? And that's how I got into supplier diversity at mm-hmm. Assurance and um, left kind of the sourcing aspect and focus more on that. Long-winded gotcha. answer, but that's that's how I'm here. <laughs> love it. I love yeah. that. You know, and that that seems to be for a lot of our subject matter experts to come in here and talk just about supplier diversity. There, that's a similar theme. It's kind of like it's just always been a passion. They're doing it. They kind of take it on their own, and then as the company they're working for is like, oh hey, this is now a thing that we all need to be part of. It's like they've created their role inside that company. 
Absolutely. You know? And I think that's just awesome. You know, and, and I think that it, it just shows that for those that have that passion, it's something you just can't help but doing. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. 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 That's yeah. awesome. Awesome. <laughs> so of the diverse suppliers that you have been working with, what's some, what are some of the typical things that you see in terms of just, you know, advice that you would give them? Yeah. Sure. Main thing is to try to figure out the pain points of the client that you're servicing Mm -hmm. or the client that you're going after, you know, the customer that you're trying to uh, retain or um, to court, you got to figure out what their pain points are. What are they solving for? What's hot? You know, we talk about ESG today, you know, can you help us out in the ESG space, sustainability in general, you know, you you can bring some diverse spin to us, but how can you uh, help us solve our business problems? Do you know our business problems? So I would say uh, definitely they should network, find someone within the company, somewhere they can get some information beyond what's on websites, but they should study the websites, obviously, study any recent mergers and acquisitions uh, that that company has participated in, et cetera. And they should get to a point where they kind of know what's going on. It's like if you are, uh, I don't know, courting a mentor or a romantic interest, et cetera. Right. You need to right. find out what are they solving for? What's your competitive advantage in providing them with a way to fill the voids that they have? And then you spark their interest, you set yourself apart, et cetera. So I've seen uh, some of our good suppliers. Number one, they, they don't lead with everything. They tell you what they do well. And they also know a little bit about what you're looking for. And so they're able to kind of marry those two and present their best foot forward in terms of how they can help you. And so those companies, uh, I've seen them have some success. We also like to hear about, you know, who else you've worked for, of course. What's your resume like? You got any big right. names to drop on us? <laughs> right. You know, uh, yep. ha- have you worked on any major products? Uh, you know, Microsoft? Oh, okay. That's interesting. Oh, you work for UPS? You delivered this for UPS? That's interesting. Tell us a little bit about that. So the, some of those suppliers have been able to, to do that as well. Uh, so they know your story. They know what you're looking for. They've got a resume. And then they can show some consistency uh, as well. Because if you give them a project, you know, uh, the, the communication is what it should be. You're not chasing them now. They're analytical. They're presenting you with metrics and feedback. Uh, they're proactive. All of those things that you would want even in an employee. Mm-hmm. if you will, a team member. Yeah. Um, I've seen uh, diverse companies be successful in presenting those same types of attributes, characteristics. Right. Yeah. Um, also, I would say um, I've seen some that are not scared to collaborate with others. They don't mind working with their peers, teaming up with larger, even non-diverse companies, you know, because the larger non-diverse companies in some cases want a foot in the door as well. And they want um, you know, so I've seen diverse companies build those relationships and say, hey, I can be your diverse arm here. I can help you, um, you know, kill two birds, for lack of a better word. That's probably not politically correct anymore. <laughs> but, um, but I've seen them pull out all the stops, including collaboration. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so mm-hmm. now it's like, wow, they're thinking outside of the box. They've got an excellent product. Uh, they're giving me the communication I need. Um, you know, they have friends out there in the industry. They're well-respected, mm-hmm. built their own brand, mm-hmm. um, et cetera. So those are the things that I would say in a nutshell, 
could make a diverse supplier or any supplier, but especially, especially the diverse suppliers or small businesses uh, become successful and, and uh, you know, pique some interest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 No, that makes 100% sense. 100% <laughs> sense. And so yep. when you think about just working with these diverse suppliers and then just your supply chain background, mm-hmm. what do you think are, you know, some keys to a healthy supply chain and how can some of these diverse suppliers really play yes. a role in, in battling some of the challenges that we see right now? You know, obviously inflation, supply chain deficiencies just across the globe. Yep. Yeah. I say a healthy supply chain, I think it, it starts with maybe diversification. It starts mm-hmm. with challenging and analyzing on a consistent basis the status quo that exists. So if you've got right. a supply chain that has been existing with existing suppliers for a period of time, you're not uh, offering opportunities, you're not introducing innovation. Some people view that as a risk mitigation type exercise to keep the status quo. Let's not challenge it. But to me, it's almost like in your personal life, that can actually be the opposite. That That's more risky to right. not actually have some type of processes that encourages change. You know, let's get our three bids when right. we're going out. Let, let's, let's review a contract. It's mm-hmm. okay to renew, hit the renew button every three years. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you need to also see what else is out there. Make sure that right. whoever Absolutely. you're dealing with is innovative. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So I think I think um so so I would hold that up as the largest piece to having a nice, healthy supply chain is to have processes that encourage constant evolution and challenging of the status quo. That's what I would say there. Um what other things? Um, you know, yeah, collaborative. Um, buy-in from stakeholders mm-hmm. is another thing. So right. you have to, uh, just like I mentioned with a business that's trying to court a client, I think that a supply chain organization should also be lockstep there with their uh, stakeholders and make sure that they understand what the stakeholders are looking for. Mm-hmm. And uh, it usually starts with cost savings, right? Yep. But Supply chain professionals know that it goes way deeper than that. So to sell the other aspects, you know, risk mitigation, right? Um, supplier diversity, innovation, which are tied at the hip, supplier diversity yeah. and innovation, of course, we know that. But getting that buy-in from the top and dealing with the leaders to let them know, hey, let's route more through supply chain. If you have a centralized supply chain organization, let's route more through them because people tend to operate in their own best interests uh, if you have it to be decentralized and you're not really applying all of those things that you could be applying if you have more of a centralized process. Mm-hmm. So, hey, let's listen to your needs. Let's run it through a process and let's hear what you need. Okay, you need faster service from a supply chain organization. Well, that supply chain organization should listen to that. We should turn around the negotiation process a little quicker. We're going to introduce, mm-hmm. you know, uh, introduce more um, innovation and some competition, but we need to do that fast. We need to do that along with the savings, et cetera. So I would think that uh, to, to, to bring that home, I would say making sure that you've got t- uh, buy-in from the top of the organization uh, is something that I think would, would lead to a healthy supply chain organization as well. 
You know, David, I think you said something very interesting. You said that innovation and supply diversity are tied at the hip. Oh, definitely. Right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But I think we need to also remember that that innovation needs to be both for products and also how we deal with them inside our supply chains. Oh, yes. Right? So yes. Uh, I'm at a conference right now uh, talking to diverse suppliers, and the number one thing I'm hearing is terms, right? Terms. Yeah. Terms. Big time yeah. terms. These small yeah. firms are like 90 days kills us, yeah. you know, and and especially if you're a products company. Yes. Right. If you're a products company, you've got 90 day terms with a big firm. You need to figure out how to renegotiate that. Or the firm needs to sit there and go, we realize that we're really kind of buying this product on credit, if you will, with a 90 day term. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the supplier is actually footing the bill for me to put their product in my store with a 90 day term. Sure. So, you know, I think innovation also goes to how do I define small business and diverse business and give 30 day terms, 15 day terms due on receipt, you know, that is how we, and it's, it's great to be doing supplier diversity, but I think the next step, the next evolution is now, how do I set them up? Once I bring them in, how do I set them up to be even more successful? Absolutely. And and that's an evolution of uh, maybe a mature supplier or or supplier diversity program is to go from, let's build the muscle. Here's the awareness. Let's start uh, being more inclusive. Right. But then, you know what, what do, are, are these a special set of, uh, of suppliers that have special interests and needs? What are those? Let's develop them so we can build up our bench strength. Let's look at these payment terms, which you just alluded to. Those are all things that a mature supplier diversity program and supply chain organization should be focused on. I totally agree with you. And I think that that's, uh, that's the evolution there uh, that most people should be striving for. Agreed. Absolutely. I want to switch because we've talked a little bit about the suppliers and, you know, what type of work and what they could potentially do. Uh, You know, you brought up something interesting that I didn't know about you, David, is that you started the program. What Mm -hmm. talk to us a little bit about for all of our supplier diversity professionals Mm -hmm. that listen to our show. Sure. How was that process? I mean, obviously there are strategies and tactics, but then having to go around. I don't know if you had to do an internal roadshow. Oh, Talk to us a, a little bit about how you got that up and running. Yeah. So, so I, and I've said it uh, maybe in a couple of sentences here, unrelated, but buy-in from the top mm-hmm. is yes. the beginning. Yeah. So right. I, would, I, I knew that. So I had uh, taken some lumps before. I, I, a little trial and error, right? So I've started from middle management down and then tried to go up, et cetera. And the textbook tells you from the beginning, hey, you start from the top, you get right. the buy-in. I'm going to do what my boss wants me to do. And if supplier yeah. diversity has slipped into that list, I'm going to pay attention. So I knew that. So my first step yeah. was to make sure that the CEO and the leaders in my Um, supply chain organization at the time and um, other influential folks knew, number one, that, hey, clients are getting a little louder about this Mm -hmm. subject matter. Mm -hmm. Right. I have some expertise in that, you know, that I've earned over a number of years. I can help you with that. Here are some things that we should actually have in place. We're a little behind right now. So I had to start at the top and sell that, the concept that this is just blocking and tackling. You can't be a Fortune 500 
without mm-hmm. having a supplier diversity and a formal DNI and all these other things, uh, supplier code of conduct. Like, listen, are we, uh, what are right. we doing here? We're, we're a little behind. So right. selling that was actually pretty easy. I was able to tie that to our company values as well. Hey, we say we do this. We say we think like this. We say we value that. You know what? This is one of the blocking and tackling elements of that. It's called supplier diversity. Here's what it is. Let me do a little benchmarking. Let me show you what your competitors are doing. Let me show you what your clients are doing. Oh, those are familiar names. So I started at the top. That's how I got the support. And you need the support to actually come in. So before I even had a titled, you know, director level title, et cetera, you know, going to someone and just having a conversation with a VP of XYZ at Assurance was a difficult task without having that support. So I knew to start there. So now I'm walking in with uh, on the heels of maybe a formal email that came from the leadership right? that said, hey, we're going to do this thing. Um, you know, hey, there's this guy, David Vaughn, you know, talk to him. He can right. help you. Hey, you know, goals and targets and, and, and other conversations are forthcoming. You know, yeah. I'm the leader of the organization. And so I support that. Please talk to him. Mm-hmm. And then we started to kind of cascade that down. You know, I got leaders that I call champions and coordinators around the, the enterprise, right, right under the head of the company. Yeah. And those became also uh, extra ears and eyes and and mouthpieces for me uh, to say, hey, this is what we're doing. So that's Mm -hmm. how I did it. I uh, that was the start. And then I was able to show some um, methodical and and, you know, now I'm pulling back from the audit days. Right. Let's talk about process. Mm -hmm. I was able to then. Uh, operationalize it. So I took it out of the sky and some awareness exercise Mm -hmm. to something that we could actually operationalize, developed uh, standard operating procedures for our sourcing organization. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, did an awareness campaign. Mm -hmm. Right. And again, I'm not walking in just talking randomly. I'm on your leadership call, but I'm supported by the CEO. And so now you're listening Right. Mm-hmm. And now you're listening about whatever I'm talking about. I could be talking about something benefits related. As long as I have buy in, I was yeah. in good shape. So that's kind of how 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 we were able to get started. Does that answer your question there? Most definitely. And, you know, it supports exactly things Chloe and I have said about that. And that is you have to have buy in from the top. Without a otherwise, doubt. otherwise, yeah. it doesn't go anywhere. It has yeah. no bite. Right. So without that. So thank you very much for giving us a very clear example yeah. Of how when whether you're starting it up, you're just taking it on your own, you have to have buy-in from the top. Absolutely, Absolutely. Yes. critical piece to have. Absolutely. One other thing. Mm-hmm. After you get the buy-in from the top, you have to quickly move <laughs> to target setting with your leadership. Yes. Thank so you. So the targets, I've been in organizations where maybe the supplier diversity targets set with the supply chain organization, the people negotiating mm-hmm. contracts. Yeah. I'm now a firm believer, and I think, you know, uh, I have a business case for it, that those targets need to really sit with the leaders of the company. So the CEO or head of the company under them, those other leaders, the business unit leaders should all have some sort of targets that they're shooting for. 
and that gives you um, another layer of, of teeth for your program. So you've got yeah. the buy-in verbally, but then you have formal targets. So those are the two things. I completely agree with that, David. Having sat in supplier diversity, sat in strategic sourcing. Sure. It was very easy for the business units to go, eh, that's not on my, that's not that's on my not list me. of, <laughs> right. right. Yeah, that's the sourcing goal. Right. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Absolutely not a sourcing goal. So now, right. so now it's like, hey, when you guys, because sourcing was executing, of course, whatever the business needed, right. sourcing would go out and find some suppliers. Sometimes the business more times than not would come with those suppliers already already and so mm-hmm. now you're giving them a target and so they are like eh, i actually need a diverse supplier i'm a little light david vaughn and team have shown us with the numbers that we're very light in terms of diversity in this spin category which we own we have a five million dollar target this year we need to do something to go after that and so that, that, that has proved to be extremely helpful for me. That is wonderful. That is wonderful. <laughs> well, right. before we let you go, David, I yes. have one question that we typically like to ask. You know, okay. obviously you've been in supplier diversity for quite some time now. Where do you see, what do you feel like is the state of supplier diversity right now? And what would you like to see? What would I like to see? I, w- I would like to, to make sure that we're pushing the envelope in terms of the opportunities, like you say, um, you know, Adam mentioned, hey, uh, payment terms. Right. Yeah. Let's make sure that we set the bar and continue to evolve. At first, you know, we know Mm -hmm. where supplier diversity has come from. It was (laughs) government based. It was philanthropy in some people's minds. It was, okay, then, you know, oh, there's business case, there's innovation that comes out of it. Now right. I'm looking forward to let's let's move it forward to the point where less and less companies are able to sit and say they don't have a program or don't have this on the radar. It should yeah. become more commonplace, kind of woven into mm-hmm. the fabric of the company. So it's not a special program. It's just it's just blocking and tackling. Do you have an mm-hmm. HR department? Like if you have a business and you have employees. You have a HR department. It's almost like a no-brainer. If you don't, it's a little alarming unless you can prove that you don't need one and you're really different. But you're going right. <laughs> to, to me, supplier diversity, the concept, having professionals in the space, looking at numbers, um, mm-hmm. data-driven professionals. To yeah. me, I'm hoping, Chloe, that it becomes more of um, just a common place so that we're strictly focusing on things like Adam mentioned those mature program things? Are we developing our suppliers? You know, right now we'll pick some to mentor, but what's our true development process there? Yeah. And a lot of mature mature, um, groups had that in place, but that should be kind of a common thing. Are we reviewing contracts, contract terms? Um, Is the playing field truly uh, where it needs to be to make sure that small businesses who can bring you a lot, if you give them an opportunity, make sure yeah. that they are not hampered and that don't have a lot of barriers to mm-hmm. entry, right? How are you so breaking strange. down those barriers so that you can help yourself, right? right? You know, if, if they can't deal with your payment terms, but they have an excellent product and excellent flexibility and a lot of innovation and they do one thing really well, you're going to miss out on that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so I believe that that's the, the evolution. I want 
all companies to have the basics mm -hmm. so that we can now move from even discussing that to more so talking about the nuances mm -hmm. that kind of take it to the next level. Mm -hmm. So I would like to see this formal maturity take place. And I don't know if it's just an equation there where time equals that. I think you have to be intentional about that yes. and, and really make it a shameful thing to not have this as a focus. Yeah, absolutely. So that's what I would say yep. there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much yes, for coming on the great. show, David. I appreciate you having me. Always good to talk shop a little bit. Yes. And uh, ho hopefully um, I'm, I'm going to tune in to your, to your other guests as well and make great. sure I consume that content. Yes. Um, and, and see what they have to say and maybe something's different from from my uh, experience so I can absorb that too so absolutely it's all learning. Uh, thank you guys for even doing this yes it's awesome yeah pleasure. we wanted to just you yeah. know have knowledge sharing which I feel exactly. like sometimes is, a, is is missing from from this yep. ecosystem awesome awesome I totally agree with you <laughs> thank you good to see you guys on a Thursday absolutely right? absolutely be sure to connect with us on LinkedIn at Chloe Reed and Adam Moore and David Vaughn. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and check out our previous shows. Stay tuned for next time. Thank you for listening to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. We are grateful for the time you spend with us in participating in these conversations. Please review and rate and share our show as we are focused on growing awareness in the supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity space. If you'd like more information, please visit us at higherground.io. That's H-I-R-E ground dot I-O. Thank you for being here, and we look forward to seeing you next week.